in the last time. In all this, you greatly... <laughs> Excellent. So though now for a little while, you may have to... Suffer. suffer. Grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, of greater worth than gold, which perishes, even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Okay. Now, this passage shows us two, two big things about now. Okay. One's bigger than the other. Um, so I've got two boxes. Uh, this is one. Um, and um, the first box is uh, verse 3. Let's read verse, verse 3 first. Um, so it's the first bit of verse 3. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ in his great mercy. So my first box is... God's great mercy. Excellent. Uh, it's God's great mercy. Okay, what's mercy? Uh, hi, Mercy. This is Mercy. Not who's Mercy. What's Mercy? Um, mercy is us getting good things instead of actually the things we, we really deserve. Mercy is, is God giving us the wonderful things in this box instead of punishing us for the, the bad things that we do. Mercy is God's pouring out of, of forgiveness and blessing and kindness instead of his anger. Because of what Jesus did in dying on the cross. We learned last week that the new creation is only possible because of righteous judgment. Complete destruction of sin and death. Our names are only written in the Lamb's book of life because Jesus took the judgment on himself. That's an example of mercy. And mercy was taken away from Jesus on the cross. And he experienced God's anger so that we could experience God's forgiveness and blessing. Um, So what's the the first thing? So there's a few things in this box. Um, So we're going to look at the first thing that Peter tells us. And I need my first volunteer. Sorry. Uh, The first thing, look at verse 3. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new new birth. birth. Wait, wait, wait. So the first thing is new birth. Now you might remember Nicodemus. He was very confused because he saw birth as a baby being born into the world, which it is. It's what one form of birth is. But Peter helps us here because he tells us two things that we are born into. Okay? So the first thing is, in verse 3, it says, In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope. You can be born now. You ready? Here we go. There we go. Right. Do you understand there? So this is... This is Living hope, okay? So that's excellent. Illustration number one. You can leave the t-shirt on if you want. Um, Now, where does this hope come from? Okay, let's keep going through verse three. So we've been born into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. You see, when, when Jesus took his father's anger to the point of death on the cross... He didn't stay dead. He rose again. We, we know that. That's, that's what we celebrate Easter. And that resurrection gives us great hope. It's hope that we are united with Christ in his resurrection. That one day, we get to be resurrected like Christ was. It's hope because 
Because we know that Christ has overcome the grave, has overcome death. And so we know that death has no hold on us as Christians. And one day we will be raised to new life. So we have a living hope. But raised, raised to what? Well, I just kind of said it, but there's a word that Peter uses here. And it's the second thing, um, second thing we're born into. So I need my, my second volunteer, which I think is Leah. So, uh, excellent. Okay, so the second thing we're born into, and that's in verse 4. Have a look at verse 4. Um, in fact, we need to read verse 3 as well, because it's all one long sentence. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope, through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, and into an inheritance. Now, inheritance is part of something that you're promised, Okay, so I, before the service, I promised Leia that she would get that suitcase out of the box. So she's now received her inheritance from me. There's nothing more. Uh, and Jesus, uh, in, in our case, as Christians, the inheritance is heaven. And Je- in John 14, Jesus says, My father's house has many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? So for a Christian, part of the reality of now... Is that we are born into the promise of heaven. Now, uh, this promise is described in three never phrases, okay, in verse 4. I want you to write those super neatly on the bits of paper on your desk, okay? So there's three never phrases. If you're very clever, you might be able to turn them into single words. If you want to cheat, you can just use the ESV Bible, which uses the single words. <laughs> so uh, I'll give you uh, two minutes to write those words on the bits of paper. All right. Uh, we have a winner. The winner's entry is just being stuck on the suitcase. The three words, uh, let's say them all together. Um, so I'll read the bit before. So, and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. It's on our suitcase. Hold it up nice and high. Excellent. Okay, good. So, our inheritance. Okay? Our hope of heaven, it's, it will never perish. It's imperishable. It will never burn up. It will never get lost or damaged. It's never going to get eaten by a dog like your last piece of homework. It's imperishable. Also, it won't get old. Yeah. Also, it's undefiled. It's not going to go off. It's not going to get moldy or damp. It's not going to go that horrible yellowy color that paper goes when you leave it in the, in the cupboard or bookcase for a long time. It's got no best before date. And it's unfading. It will never fade. It will stay as strong and secure as the day you became a Christian. It does not fade away or get weaker. Now the world, the world promises different inheritances to us. We might win a competition Here's something that's going to make you rich to invest in. Uh, when people die, we might get a mon- some money or a house. But all of those things and everything else the world chucks at us will fade away, will perish, and will spoil. Especially in the light of death. And in fact, we, we like stuff that the world gives us because it distracts us from how rubbish the world really is. Maybe a, a nice holiday, a, a, an epic TV series, uh, gaming. Those things aren't necessarily bad in themselves. 
But they are if we use them just to waste time and ignore the world around us until heaven comes. So instead of clinging on to the world's promises and instead of standing and, and looking for stuff that will distract you until Jesus comes again, cling on to God's great mercy that gives us a living hope and an inheritance that will never perish, spoil or fade. What does that look like practically? Well, it might be reading these verses or reading bits of the Bible. It might be playing or singing worship music. It might be praying and asking you, God, please help me to to see these things better and think about these things. It might be talking about these things with your family or friends. Getting excited about God's great mercy together. Now, there's something else in this box. Um, But before we dive in, let's sing. Um, And this is a song I posted this morning. This is a song that's called Living Hope. So it's it's based on this bit. um, It's based on this bit of uh, 1 Peter. So we're going to sing that together. Amen. Let me just pray quickly. Thank you, Jesus, for the truth of the hope that lives inside of us. The truth of the inheritance that will never go away. Help us, Lord, to take encouragement in that, to be excited about the things that you've given us. In Jesus' name, amen. Right, we're going to keep going. Um, and I need Amani for this one. Amani. Well done. Okay, so the second thing in this box is um, protection. Let's look at verse 4. And the second bit of verse 4, it says, This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. I don't need protection. My mummy looks after me. My alarm systems on my house look after me. My big muscles look after me. It's not protection of you, but it's protections of things, things that are far more important than your physical being. So two things that uh, God protects. Uh, Ava, I need you to bring your inheritance over here, please. Uh, sorry, Leia. I don't know if your parents have uh, ever made you a savings account when you were a child. Mine did. Um, every month, a little bit of their money went into account, an account that was, that was in my name. But there was a catch. And it, was, it was a mean catch, really. I was not allowed to have that money until I was 18. So I, I knew I had this money. It was in an account, but it was kept away from me. Uh, and now I've, I've just taken... Leia's inheritance and I've put it up there I've taken it away from her and verse 4 says into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade this inheritance is kept in heaven for you well that's like up there how and we, can, we can think this way. we can say how mean of God how mean of God to, to give us this inheritance and but keep it in heaven away from us So that, well, we can't get to it really in, in, until we die or until Jesus comes again. Now, there's a reason for this. And it actually goes back to our never words. Okay, because our inheritance, it will never perish, spoil, or fade. Now, hang on a minute. 
What did we say about everything on this earth? Everything on this earth will perish, spoil, or fade. So never perish, spoiling, or fading is not an earthly thing. Everything on earth is going to go. So God, he keeps our inheritance for us as his people so that when we get to join him there in our resurrection bodies, that's our inheritance. It's there. It will never perish, spoil, or fade. It has to be kept in heaven. Because it's, it's a forever thing. And no matter what people say or do to you, whatever your physical status, your spiritual status as one who will inherit eternal life cannot change. And that's something to remember when the reality of now feels rubbish. However bad it gets, your status as a child of God is confirmed and fixed. And the second thing God protects um, is is in verse 5. Have a look. So kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power. That's why we had a shield. What What does God use to shield us? Well, our faith. While we are waiting to reach our final destination, while we are going through the journey of life, God is protecting us with the faith he has given us. And that means that our final destination of heaven is certain. So as believers, not only will our inheritance definitely be in heaven, we will definitely get there to receive it. As true believers, I say again, as true believers, not only will our inheritance definitely be in heaven, but we will definitely get there to receive it. Now you might this might sound familiar, shield, faith, and Paul talks about it when he talks about the armour of God. He says um, in Ephesians, he says, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. So when the devil is firing at us, give up, give in. There's no point anymore. Look at this rubbish. Follow my way, follow the world's way instead. God's power is in us, our faith, helping us to trust that his way is right. And true faith will last the length of our time on earth so that God looks at us and says, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. What should our response be to all this? What should we be doing when we remember these amazing things? When we remember our living hope and our inheritance? When we remember our our shield of faith? Well, look at verse 6. In all this, you greatly rejoice. What should we do? We think about these things in God's great mercy, things given us. We should rejoice. And rejoicing is about praising and worshipping God in exuberant praise. But also sometimes in tearful reflections or quiet thoughts. Rejoicing is not about being happy. Might, might go along with being happy, but it's not about being happy. It's about the direction of praises to God for his great mercy. It's so tempting when we have a rubbish week. Trust me, I've had a rubbish week. It's so tempting to stand and grumble and say stuff like, I wish God would bring heaven now. I just want all this to be over. Instead... Let's direct our praise and worship to him. David models this for us in Psalm 13. 
He says, how long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I take counsel in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all the day? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? But I have trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. Let's practice. Let's practice this. Let's sing now. Let's sing a song that's called Rejoice. And let's do that exuberantly. Let's stand together and sing. Okay, so we've got our big box of God's great mercy. What was in it? Living hope. Inheritance. Faith. Excellent. Um, Now I've got a second box. And this is a not so welcome box. Um, and this is, this is the box of suffering. Um, and look at verse 6. What's in this box? It says, In all this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. So our second box is suffering. What's in there? All kinds of trials. I want just, to just take a moment. Um, and on a bit of paper, maybe just in, in quiet, just write down, write down the trials. We're not going to go through them or read them out, just write them down. Write down, what, what, what are the trials are you, that you're going through? You don't need to be a person, you don't have to do this, but if you want to, just write them down on a bit of paper and we'll, we'll put them in this box. I'll just give you two minutes to do that. So, would you actually we just leave that? Just leave this on your table, especially if you've done it on your sheet. Um, when Peter was writing this letter, um, the, the Christians he's writing to were going through some pretty nasty persecution from the Romans. Um, they were they were tortured. They were made to take part in in brutal games in the Colosseum with with thousands of people watching, just because they believed in Jesus. And we also, it doesn't look like that for us, does it? We're not undergoing blatant persecution. We, you know, we might take a bit of stick at school or at work for being Christian. But also we experience trials just as the result of living in a, in a sinful and sinful world. And we stand at the road of life and we have waves and waves of hard times coming at us and it wears us down. And even more so, it makes us wish they would stop. It makes us wish we could just get to the other side. And that's part of our reality of now. And it rightfully makes us long for heaven. But also it should do other things as well. It should make us look back. It should make us look back to God's mercy. Um, in, in two ways. I'll pull out two ways. Um, look back at verse 6. And I want to emphasize something different. It says, In all this we greatly rejoice, though now... For a little while. Now, I am under no, um, uh, no, no what? Illusion. That's the thanks, Rob. Under no illusion that, that the early church, when they were being tortured by the Romans, felt like it was a little bit of time. I am under no illusion that, that the weeks we spend going through tough times in our life feels like a little bit of time. It doesn't. 
But days and weeks and years and a lifetime even is tiny in comparison to an eternity with Jesus where there will be no suffering and no trials. And this is where our living hope shines strongest. In the light of darkest times, our living hope shines through. Its beauty stands out even more than when things are going well. The idea of a a new heaven and a new earth is truly wonderful when the world feels like it's falling around, around us, falling down around us. But also our suffering should direct us back to God's protection as well. Look at verse 7. Uh, suffered grief in all, trials of ki- uh, all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, of greater worth than God, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. During hard times, God's power shines through our faith. As we hold on to him, as we cry out to him, his promises are being fulfilled. Think, think about your end of year tests, right? Uh, maybe, uh, I don't know, SATs, GCSEs, work assignments, things like that. All the things you have learned are only proved when you take your test. Until then, you have the knowledge, your teacher has given you the knowledge, but is it genuine? Well, you, you might think it's genuine, but, but actually, your teacher or employer or whatever finds out by testing you. And this is what's happening here. God, is a, God allows suffering to happen in our lives, and that suffering proves the genuineness of our faith. It proves that it's real. And our faith will be proved again and again through all the good times, but especially through the bad times, and again and again until Jesus comes again and all praise and glory and honor is given to him. When Jesus comes again, all the gold in this world will have perished. All of the stuff the world's given us will have perished, but our inheritance will not have perished. And our faith will not have perished. And our trust in God will be as strong as ever. And when you're suffering, that's something to hold on to. So we're going to sing again. This is an all-age song. It's called Remember the Lord. Um, And then we're going to wrap, wrap up everything we've talked about today. So, the reality of, for those who are Christian, is the blessing of God's great mercy and suffering, the trials that prove our faith. But for those who are not Christian, then the reality of now is that your final destination is not heaven. In fact, your inheritance is at the moment to be found in the darkness of hell. Because the implication of rejecting Jesus and rejecting this And rejecting a place in heaven is eternal judgment. And the world, the world will give you all that you want to make this life feel a little bit better. In fact, you can have boxes and boxes of experiences and things to give you a great time. Uh, Rob, Rob said the attitude of last week, it doesn't matter where you're going, 
Just enjoy the ride. Because actually, there's no point longing for a final destination because the final destination is death. And who wants to think about that? And what I hope today is that actually you will change your mind and replace your boxes of worldly hopes with the box of God's great mercy. And yes, the, the reality is that does come with a box of suffering as well. But that's just for a little while. And God is with you through that. And that will point you back to the things in that box. You need to be born again. If you're not a Christian. Born into all the incredible things we've seen today. Born into God's family. If that's something you want to do, uh, come and chat and pray with uh, one of church leaders, church family afterwards. And for those of us who are Christian, let's go back to our rows when we were standing. Sometimes feeling in despair, sometimes maybe not knowing what to do. Our perfect destination of heaven swamped by the rubbish of this world. And we asked ourselves, what now? What now? Well, here's what now. We can look at the trials that life brings and we can encourage each other. And we can say to each other, it's just for a little while. And we know that, that our faith will be strengthened as we wait and enduring God's power. And we know that eternal life, God's great mercy, our inheritance is forever compared to these sufferings which will end. But also we can rejoice. Going back to what we did earlier. We can rejoice in the beautiful reality of the things that we've looked at. We can rejoice in our living hope. We can rejoice in our unfading inheritance, which is in heaven, not here, where it's going to go mouldy. And we can rejoice in the faith God has blessed us with. So we're going to sing once more, and then we're going to pray to finish. Let's rejoice. We're going to sing Generous King. Have a seat, and let's pray. Lord Jesus, when we feel um, run down by the things of the world, or when we kind of feel like we're stuck in a rut or don't know what to do, help us to remember these things that you've shown us today. Help us to remember your great mercy that's borne us again into a living hope, that's borne us again into an inheritance that you are keeping in heaven for us. Thank you, God. Help us to remember your protection, your protection that that your goodness has given us faith. And Lord, when we are going through hard times, when we are suffering, help us to remember, help us to remember these things. Help us to remember that as we suffer, the faith you have given us to hold on and trust in you is proven to be true. It's true, proven to be right. Help us, Lord, um, by your Spirit, to remember these things this week as we go back into the real world. Um, and we work and we go to school and we study and we are at home and we're caring for children and all the things you've given us to do. 
Help us to remember your blessings. And I praise you that you have given them to us. I praise you for Jesus who went through death so that we could be set free, so that we could have these things. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.